0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be. The time is TBD, but you know where we'll be. My name is Kathleen. And my name is Angela, and we are your TBD hosts. Thank you all for stumbling upon this podcast, but also for sticking around and giving it a listen. We are presenting to you a theater series. For this episode, and our next one, we have invited guests who are professionals in the theater industry. The goal of this series is to foster a better understanding of what it means to pursue a career in theater, but also to map out a foreseeable future for those who are passionate about this field. For our first episode in this two-part series, we have Jane Cox. are honored to be joined by Jane Cox, the director of theater at Princeton University, faculty fellow at the Trenton Youth Theater, and a lighting designer for everything performing arts. So Ms. Cox, tell us a little bit about your job at Princeton. What kind of um, different courses uh, or departments does theater at Princeton kind of offer?
1: Fantastic. Well, lovely to meet you, and hello to Lawrenceville, Lawrenceville High School students. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so I run the theater program at Princeton, but I'm a lighting designer by trade. So as a lighting designer, I've done Broadway shows, I've done opera, um, and I've done music and dance. But here at Princeton, I'm responsible for the whole theater program. So that means that I'm choosing curriculum classes for um, acting and directing and design and just kind of thinking about how we want to come at theater community engaged theater making musical theater like musical theater skills um music and theater in different countries so like for example we have classes like um acting against oppression in south america which is thinking about acting in the context of certain south american theater traditions or we have like uh a class called Illegal Gatherings Act, which is about theater making in South Africa during apartheid. So we try to kind of connect the dots between theater making and things that are happening in the world.
0: Mm, that's awesome. So I know you already told me earlier about like Trenton Arts at Princeton. Yeah. Um, but could you give us a, a little like rundown of the program again, just for
1: absolutely. You know, like, yeah. So Trenton Arts at Princeton is. Um, it's a big Saturday morning program where students from the Trenton Middle and High School come here, and they there's an orchestra, there's a choir, there's a theater group, and there's a dance group, and it's kind of skill-based learning on Saturday mornings, and they work with Princeton undergraduate student fellows, um, work with the Trenton Middle and High School students to. In theater, they're working on like acting or directing. Or this morning, we were doing a lighting design workshop and just kind of learning a lot of different aspects of theater making.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've done shows on Broadway.
1: I have. So tell us <laughs> about
0: that
1: experience. Like, do you
0: have a favorite yeah. show that you did? You know,
1: I really loved working on a show called *Color Purple*. Oh, it
0: really
1: um, like yeah. gives a beautiful musical. Um, it was. What I liked about it was that it takes place in like all these different locations, but we did it on this kind of bare wood planked space with chairs and the chairs became everything. So it was kind of magical because instead of, even though I'm a designer, I love theater where the actors can make something turn into something else just by how they use their body or how they ask the audience to use their imagination. So Color Purple was wonderful like that.
0: Okay, so what is like kind of like the, the time commitment, like being like a lighting designer?
1: Yeah, well, it really depends because yeah. you know sometimes you could do a show where you get in that morning and you do the lighting and like the concert might happen that night. Yeah. Um, on a Broadway show, it's weeks and weeks and weeks, oh, okay. and usually you get involved like long before the cast does, and there's design meetings and you're kind of figuring out the physical world sometimes a year or more mm-hmm. before the show goes into rehearsals and then uh the cast rehearses the piece but you've already decided what it's going to essentially what the physical world's going to be like and then the cast rehearses and then you all get into the theater together for depending on the project like between one and three weeks on broadway that's a long time it's yeah. not that long anywhere else where you put together the lights and the sound and the scenery and the performances and the costumes uh-huh. And then you do preview performances, which is where, and if you go to see a show like in Broadway or even at the McCarter across the street here, you might not even be aware you're at a preview performance as an audience. But what happens is we go on rehearsing all the elements of the show in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and then perform at night and then see how the audience is responding. So it's like, oh, nobody thinks that part's funny or like everyone's falling asleep in this bit. And then we use the afternoons to adjust Um, accordingly.
0: Okay. So I heard you talk about like a design reading. What does that mean? Like what is a design
1: reading? Design meeting?
0: Meeting. Yeah. Meeting.
1: Yeah. What's a design meeting? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so at the beginning of a process usually the director would get together with like a costume designer a set designer Mm -hmm. doesn't always have to divide up like this but lighting sound sometimes projection sometimes a choreographer for the dance Mm -hmm. um and the first thing we would do really is sit down and talk about the piece and what the piece what we think it is and like why are we doing it now and who are we doing it for Mm -hmm. and um try to drive the decision-making by the context of the piece. Like, what's the point of doing this piece? Like, if you might do the same piece in a high school Mm -hmm. for a particular high school community, you're doing it for, like, one group of people. And if you did the same show and you did it, you know, I don't know, in a professional theater in Paris, you would be in a completely different context. So trying to understand the context of how you're doing the show and why is sort of how we start. and then you're like trying to come together around a physical environment for the show like does it have a lot of obstacles in it is it very fluid is it very sparse do we have a lot of stuff like what kind of a world are we talking about does it need real cultural specificity if so like who's doing that is that the right person to be doing that Mm -hmm. lots of questions
0: okay so as a lighting designer what do you kind of you know have to like do in preparations for a show or does your like plan change if you're moving from like different theaters
1: totally so yeah that's a great question um so lighting designers are usually in those early conversations even though it's not necessarily immediately obvious yeah. what your output is from that but as the process moves through rehearsals to opening, a lighting designer is part of all those conversations about what, this, what the hell we're doing <laughs> and where this part needs to get shorter and this part needs to... So, so you need to be in that conversation from the beginning. And then um, at a certain point, and this is my least favorite part, I sit down and do a drawing or I work with someone else to do a drawing, which is, I mean, I'm making my hands like this, but of course it's on a computer these yeah. days. But... Um, a layout or a map if you like of where what kind of light is gonna go where mm-hmm. and then we go into the theater and we point them into places <laughs> in all yeah. the right places yeah. we hope mm-hmm. and we hope we've run, hung the right lights in the right places and that mm-hmm. is kind of like if you've ever painted and chosen like I'm gonna you know mix these six colors and that's gonna yeah. be my palette it's kind of like that you're mm-hmm. like laying out your toolkit or your palette for mm-hmm. writing the light cues
0: okay so how do you kind of decide on like certain light cues or like what is so important about like the lighting in like a specific
1: scene? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, so lighting's kind of like music, like Mm -hmm. sets the emotional tone for things. And actually when you just popped in downstairs, we were working on um, how the lighting affects the access that you have to a performer's emotional expression and how important it is to kind of vary the access like who are we looking at when on stage mm-hmm. how much access do we have to their emotional experience everything you're doing in the theater is in an attempt to create an emotional experience mm-hmm. and, and that emotional experience might have a lot of different ends it might be like it's emotional so we because we want you to think about this or it might be like it's emotional because it's cathartic there's a lot of different ends to the creation of emotion but theater is fundamentally about. Mm -hmm. making people feel (laughs) and lighting is a really important subconscious piece of this Mm -hmm. and one of the things that's fun about lighting is most people don't know haven't spent much time thinking about it so you can have quite a lot of impact but people are typically not conscious of it when they're watching the show unless you're like maybe you're at a music concert and you see like the lights flashing like that's one very obvious kind of lighting but if that's done well Mm -hmm. It's the lighting is really kind of modulating the energy in the room along with the music.
0: Okay, so like in an actual show, would you be at the light panel or does your work happen beforehand?
1: It happens beforehand typically. It depends Mm -hmm. like in in music lighting it's often the same person. In the theater or opera or dance, typically the lighting designer comes in and kind of sets the lighting looks. And then there's someone sitting at the light board, like changing the lighting Mm -hmm. in collaboration with the stage manager who's calling those changes in light. But the lighting designer Mm -hmm. typically leaves at like opening night.
0: Oh, okay. So your work happens like accumulating to the actual like performance. Exactly, exactly.
1: And then we would be there through those previews that I was talking about, seeing how the audience responds and then realizing like, oh, like, When we bump the lights to black there the audience like starts clapping because they think it's a cue to clap and we don't want them to clap there so let's like take out that blackout for example
0: okay so what is like music music lighting what do you mean by like music lighting
1: i was thinking like concert lighting you know whether that's in like a club venue or like in a stadium you know there's a huge that's a whole other industry that i'm not really part of but Mm -hmm. i'm uh aware that it's often the case even at high levels that the yeah. lighting designer is actually involved in changing the lighting while it's yeah. happening.
0: Okay, so how did you get into, you know, like, lighting design?
1: Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I So when I was growing up, I was really focused on the art, oh. but I didn't, like, didn't have a strong sense of what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I grew up in Ireland, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really aware that, was something you could do for a job
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I kind of felt like the arts were the thing that mattered like I cared about music I cared about poetry I cared about dance I, I actually didn't know much about theater but I cared about the arts mm-hmm. but it, it not really occurred to me that that's something you could do for a job other than like teaching in a high school you yeah. know and um and so I was sort of thinking well this is what I care about but I'm gonna have to get a job in something else and then I did um two things happened I did a junior year abroad in, at college mm-hmm. in at UMass Amherst and I started getting paid to do like technical things with light mm-hmm. I had some skill I had taken some lighting classes I had some skill and people started paying me and I was like oh this is a way mm-hmm. <laughs> you could get money mm-hmm. in the arts and I think the other thing was like I wanted to be around the arts but I didn't Definitely knew I didn't want to be the kind of person who was like being a barista while they tried to write their novel. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to have a job where I could make a living. (laughs) And I didn't see like novelist or painter or whatever as that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But um, everybody always needs a lighting designer. And I discovered that in college. Like if you have that skill, Mm -hmm. you can be in the room making art in so many different contexts, because everyone needs a lighting designer. Turns out, when you go into the professional world, it's actually extremely competitive, but like at the high school, college level, you feel like, oh, I can be really useful, you can be really useful, so those were two of the things. And then when I did it, I, I really loved music, and it. I still feel like lighting is basically the same thing as music, but visual.
0: Mm, okay. Hmm. So. How, so if you, like, when you, do you majored in theater, right?
1: I actually went to college for music. I thought I was going to be a flute player of some kind although I was very hazy about I'm not sure that I thought that was going to be my job I had some other idea about being a diplomat I would be because I like to travel and I thought it would be fun to go to a lot of countries so like I was like I'll be a diplomat and I'll play the flute It was kind of where I was at when I went to college (laughs) oh
0: so how did you find like lighting design from did you learn about it in college yeah
1: I took a class I took a class in it well actually it's not the first thing that happened I had to do some kind of tech credit oh so And this will, I'm sure, resonate with high schoolers, like, I loved music, but I couldn't fit into, like, the music, it was a very kind of old school music scene at the college I went to, you know, Um, people would sit around and, I mean, I love people that do this, but it wasn't who I was you know, they would sit around and someone would play a record and they'd be like, is that Mahler or Beethoven? And they would, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that was like, that was their idea of fun. And I was like, okay, like, this was not for me. And the theater crowd on the college campus was um, just a lot more diverse in every way, yeah. you know, eccentric. But there were all kinds of different kinds of people, whereas in the music department there at the time, it was very much like, was very kind of mono focused you know Mm. it was all the same and lovely people but all kind of the same as each other and the theater program was full of all these like so I said okay I'm gonna do that as well so I double majored in the end in music and theater but I started doing theater there largely because of the social scene because I was like these music people are not weird enough
0: (laughs) (laughs) so in when you majored in theater yeah um did you guys like, what was that like experience like? Was there like, did you guys do productions Was it like, where were you just taking classes? Like, yes,
1: like? yes, we did productions um, of, all, of all kinds from like productions where we had some support, you know, I mean, it was very minimal support it was like one person who did kind of help with the technical side of it. So, you know, some productions where he would work with us and, you know, other things that we just did ourselves and like, the lecture halls or the hallways or wherever we could find yeah. a space, you know? Um, so there was a ton of theatre making going on like that. Mm-hmm. And the classes, this was, I, went to, I grew up in Ireland. I went to college in England. Oh. So it was, like, called the drama department. Like, it was nothing uh-huh. like kind of an American, typical American theatre major, I think. Yeah. So the classes were mostly, like, you know, the history of Greek theatre As opposed to, you know, acting 101.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you do anything, like, Greek mythology-like?
1: I wish! I wish! You know, I feel so ignorant at Princeton. My students are so, like, so many of them know so much about classics. You know, the classics, the stories, and I feel like I'm always playing catch-up. Like, everything I know about classics, (laughs) I know from doing plays, which is, you know... Oh,
0: really? So so did you do anything, like, mythological-based plays, like, things like that, or...?
1: No, it was more like it was more like we did, you know, we did. We were always reading Sophocles or oh, you know, yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, out of like all the productions that you've like participated yeah. in, which one is like your
1: favorite? Uh, or maybe like pick uh, more than one uh, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I have a couple. I did a play that I think is still really interesting and relevant um, called or Machinal or um by Sophie Treadwell. And it was actually one of the first plays by a woman on Broadway. It was written in the 20s, 19, 1920s. And um, it tra- the play, it tracks a young woman who's basically trying to figure out who she is, you know, through the society of that time. She's like a working mm. woman. She has to get a job. She lives with her mom. It, 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 all of it still kind of resonates oh, <laughs> with young yeah. women today. And it's it's like a very human story set in this very kind of, um, it's not absurdist, but it's not like naturalistic. I guess I get bored by it. Like if there's a couch on stage, I don't want to see it, you mm. know? like. I'm not interested in theater that's sort of set in the living room. And what's fun about that play is, like, A, it was written by a woman 100 years ago, and there's not not that much that's still out there that you can really resonate with written, you know. So that excites me. And then it's, like, a human figure going through these very mm, surreal environments so like this is the workplace but it's like 100 typewriters kind of a thing so that was exciting I did that on Broadway it was wonderful and let's see <coughs> I'm also interested in doing theater where it's a way of bringing together different kinds of communities um that might not otherwise get in a room together so we just did a show here called Felon and American Washi which was created out of a book of poems by a man who was incarcerated for nine years. And he wrote um, these amazing poems about the experience. And he worked with a Japanese paper artist who made these gorgeous kind of aerial sculptures. (coughs) Sorry, allergies, not COVID. Um, Out of like the sweats from his like, fellow inmates and like, letters people wrote to him from jail after he left. Um, and we worked with different groups of returning citizens who were like, in various arts workshops and um, supporting people coming out of prison, like getting back into the community. And we were able to work with all those different groups and mm-hmm. with our students and then bring in like the intern you know the public policy department here at Princeton and like you know legal scholars and so it was kind of a confluence of bringing people together around the arts which i think is one of the things theater does best mm-hmm. sort of serves as an event around which you can organize community or celebration or mm-hmm. whatever it is you want to do um,
0: so in high school did you have anything like similar like that did you have like a like fun theater experience in high school? Or did you not really do a lot?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I I like the high school theater experience that sticks in my mind the most. Sounds really sad, um, <laughs> but we did we did this thing called the Chester Mystery Plays. This is very particular to like the other side of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So those are like plays that used to happen in English cities like mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago. Where people would go through the streets and they would like act out episodes from the Bible. Oh. And some of the plays are actually kind of wild. You know, they're like many hundreds of years old. And they were made each, like each of the guilds. So, like, the carpentry guild would like put on this scene, and then, like, I don't know what, the like seamstresses' guild would put on this scene, and mm-hmm. then the people who lived in the town would like walk through and see each thing. So, we used to do this in our, and it's weird, right? We used to do this in, in our high school. school. Mm-hmm. And I got cast, I was not a great performer, <laughs> uh, but sort of everybody was in it, and I got cast in the role of the person who goes to Herod to tell him that uh, the baby Jesus has been been born. And then Herod throws a glass of wine in my face. And Herod was this boy, like, I was in this really complicated relationship with, Mm -hmm. like like kind of love-hate. Mm. And and we had to repeatedly rehearse this scene where he threw a glass of wine in my face. <laughs> that's my like strongest memory of high school theater.
0: Oh my gosh. Which
1: sounds tragic, and it wasn't tragic, but it was just like, okay, like this is not. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Was it, what, did you guys do this like um, in school or was it like in the streets? Of, we like, did it in
1: the school, but like around the school, uh, you know? So
0: like anybody could come watch?
1: Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of great theater Mm -hmm. for that reason. It's like these little... Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm
0: -hmm. Have you ever heard about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival?
1: Yes, I went there once. Really? Because our school, I think,
0: did a play like uh, Mr. August at our school. Oh, cool. Like wrote a play and like kids performed it um, at the Fringe Festival. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: You know, we have students going from Princeton this year, actually. To the show. yeah, Yeah, a show that one of our students did for his senior year, like independent work. Is going to the Edinburgh Fringe.
0: So, like, this person wrote the play.
1: Yeah, it's a one-man show. Wrote, performed, sings, the whole thing. It's, like,
0: his... That's awesome. Yeah. So, what is kind of, like, the one thing that you love about theater that is, like, keeping you in this Uh industry, you know?
1: I like theater because it puts a whole bunch of people in a room together Mm -hmm. and they have to figure out how to make something together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like if we're going to survive as mm-hmm. a species. We have to figure out how to do that <laughs> yeah. collectively. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I guess I'm thinking about it from the point of view of education at the moment, but I feel like there are other ways in which people collaborate, but theater is like, you're, make it, you're making a thing together and you have to figure out how to accommodate everyone's perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. not all theatre successfully does that. I mean, there are theatre experiences that are miserable for people, but ideally, mm-hmm. everyone is contributing and everyone's perspective is being taken into account. Mm-hmm. And so I love teaching theatre for that reason because Princeton is full of you know, brilliant minds. Like The students are very, very bright mm-hmm. and skilled in a lot of different ways, but not necessarily good at communicating to each other about how you know how to do something together so so that and the other thing i like about theater more and more as the world becomes more and more screen focused Mm -hmm. is how not slick it is like theater is kind of dorky and for that reason i think some people find it kind of embarrassing or boring (laughs) it is kind of dorky but Mm -hmm. i like the dork factor because i think that's what human beings are you know and i think there's so much about so much input, especially your age group, you know, the younger you are, I think the more you're impacted by this. Like, there's so much slickness, you Mm -hmm. know, on the screen and coming at you about, you know, who you're supposed to be or, and, and people are just not that slick, you know, (laughs) people are like messy and complicated and they do Mm -hmm. dumb things and they fall over. And, and, and I love theater because all that shit happens in the live performance. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch a movie or play a video game, like that does, doesn't play out like that. But on yeah. stage, it's like, anything can happen. And I, and I like that.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I totally agree with you. I love theater because it's so dorky, but you yeah. Know, just, <laughs> Embrace
1: the dork. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there's this one question that like, you know, at every single, like, every single production I've done, they've asked me like this, or some question like this, but it's, if you were a kitchen utensil, which one would you be? I'm just like,
1: oh, Oh yeah, I yes. meant to think about that question because you wrote me that question, and I was like, "That's such a cool question! I should think about it." Mm-hmm. If I were a kid, okay, I'm gonna just go with the first thing that comes yeah. to mind: a soup ladle. Hmm. That's so
0: interesting. Do I have
1: to unpack that? Or can you unpack
0: that? Can I, unpack <laughs> that? <Yeah. laughs>
1: oh I think I I think like soup is kind of like theater. I think of soup as something mm-hmm. that like you do together. Yeah, and it comes in like a big like when I picture soup. Mm-hmm. I picture it in, like, a big pot that yes. you, like, share with a lot of people. Yeah. And I guess I really resonate with the idea, I guess it's part of my job here at Princeton, is to kind of, like, share the soup yeah. <laughs> with the students that's in the cool. kind of best possible way. And also, soup is dorky. Yeah. You know, yeah. soup yeah. is made up of, like, lumps of leftover things, typically.
0: hmm <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, okay, so to wrap everything up, um, is there anything like any last remarks that you want to leave with them some of the like thespians at lawrenceville people who are
1: interested mm. in theater
0: but are not exactly sure where they fit in in that like field in general
1: well i will say theater needs everybody mm. this is another okay. thing i like about theater like there's a role in theater making for everybody yeah. there's a role for people who want to be out front and let it all hang out yeah. <laughs> there's a role for people who want to kind of organize other people. There's a role for people who just like to problem solve. And I think, I I guess like, for people who are doing theater in high school, I think, and at college, theater addresses your emotional life and your physical life. And most of schooling addresses only your brain. And you're not just a brain. On legs you have like a heart <laughs> yeah. you have profound emotional experiences especially mm-hmm. in the decade that you're in in your lives and and you have a body that you're just learning to live in and theater addresses all of those things so mm-hmm. I would say kind of lean into that like embrace that aspect of it is not it's it's it makes you vulnerable the fact that it addresses all parts of you I think makes you vulnerable but and so it's important to be aware of that with each other when you're making theater together Mm -hmm. Um, but I just think it's a really wonderful thing to do at this age in your life and I would say for people who are thinking oh my god I like this so much Mm -hmm. I might want to do it in college or I might want to do it you know for my life I would say think of yourself as a theater maker, don't pick a lane, don't be like, I'm going to be a sound designer, I'm going to be a performer. Mm -hmm. You're drawn to the field of theater and you will, if you continue to explore it, you will find there's so many other things you can do. Mm -hmm. So I would say just don't specialize when you're, we do that here with the students, it's like don't specialize. You may indeed end up doing one particular part of it, but actually most people in this country who do theater as a job do multiple kinds of things within the theater. Yeah. So don't pick a (laughs)
0: lane. That's so so great. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on our podcast. Um, It's all the questions we have for you. Thank you so much. This was totally delightful. (laughs) All right. Have a great rest of your semester. Thank you. (laughs) And that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed Look out for part two of the series by following us on Spotify and our Instagram at TBD Podcasts, No Spaces, and The Owen Podcast is a Zero. As always, our next episode is TBD, but you know where we'll be. See you guys next time!